0: Hello everyone and inside today's Lockdown Canadians, we're going to talk about the panic for some reason around Shane Wright. We're going to break down Edmonton and LA's Game 7. We're going to break down Boston and Carolina's Game 7. And yes, don't worry, we are going to make this podcast about the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 616. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen or your first watch of the day. We are available on YouTube every morning at about 12.30 a.m. when the new episode drops or in your podcast feed. Uh, for those of you who might have forgotten, I am Scott Matla. I am back after my week. Away from podcasting duties, haha <laughs> duties, yes, indeed. I uh, I uh, have to thank my fantastic co-host, the Active Stick, uh, Laura here, for holding the fort down to give me a week. Uh, just to kind of recharge the mental batteries and kind of get myself ready and primed for the stretch run through the summer here. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask my co-host, Laura. It is now a beautiful Sunday here in Buffalo. I assume very similar up in Montreal. There are two more Game seven tonight, but before we get to that, how are we feeling today?
1: I honestly never leave me again, Scott. Um, I had a great time with our guest hosts, and um, I want to thank them once again. Those episodes did really well, and we got some great feedback from our listeners. Um, so Delanois, Ian Boisvert, Andrew Berkshire, a huge shout-out. I did do a solo episode, and I want to thank every single listener Uh, or friend who's reached out to me because I got a lot of positive feedback for that. I was very worried about how it would go. So I just want to say thank you, and I'm appreciative. Um, And I also want to ask you, Scott, how you're doing, because I know that this is a tough weekend for your city.
0: Yeah, uh, for those who aren't aware, there was a uh, horribly, you know, racially motivated uh, mass shooting in Buffalo about five minutes from my apartment. We're recording this. I was at work when I found out by the time I had gotten home, I had had a mountain of text messages to sift through. Uh, Carly and I are both fine. Uh, It it is a little bit startling. You never think it's going to be in your neck of the woods, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, You can donate. Uh, I've retweeted Joe Yurden's tweet about where to donate food, money, and other things like that. Uh, the city of good neighbors isn't gonna go down easily. They're tough. The community is going to come together here and, uh, not to sound cliche, but my thoughts and my prayers and all of my well wishes are with the victims and the people in, uh, that community hate has no place in hockey. Hate has no place in society. And I hope that sooner or later we can actually be better than all of this and, uh, Not to throw on a handbrake and make a hard right turn here, but we do have Montreal Canadiens things to talk about. And the first thing is, I'm seeing it on Twitter, and this happens every year. People are wondering if Shane Wright should be the Montreal Canadiens' first pick. And I look at this and I go, (laughs) I need people to take a deep breath. He's a perfectly cromulent first overall pick. He is not... Connor Bedard. We have talked about this uh, during our draft episode and the lead up to the draft lottery episode. He is a very good player in the mold of a, of a center the Montreal Canadiens need. And the Canadians, if they are picking first overall, and they still are, they have not traded that pick or done anything, Shane Wright should be the only name on that board right now. Do I think there are other pieces that make sense? Yes, but if you are the Montreal Canadiens and you're looking at a Slavkovsky, a Logan Cooley, a uh, David Yerichek, et cetera, you are trading the first overall pick then. You need to recoup cost and assets for that first overall pick. It is the most valuable bargaining tool that you have right now, in terms of draft picks anyways. And I I just got to say the panic around whether Shane Ryder is going to be the pick or not, it's dumb. It feels very hot-take-ish because why enjoy a thing in Canadians' fandom here You pick Shane Wright every single time right now. Unless something absolutely, truly stunning happens, Shane Wright is your pick.
1: I absolutely agree. And the thing is, like I understand that Montreal Canadiens fans might be excited about Logan Cooley. He is an exciting player with a lot of talent and a huge upside. Nobody is denying this. But the thing is... We're not operating with, like, the wishes and desires. It's possible. Like, lots of people like I still think that Logan Cooley has a higher upside in the long run. Right now, the best player available right now is Shane Wright. If you are drafting right now, you have to draft the best player available. You have the number one overall pick you go with the number one overall ranked prospect. I do not understand why this happens every single year. I think it's great for the player who's going to go number two, and it's highly likely that... (laughs) I'm sorry. It was
0: right there. It was right there. I'm so sorry. We
1: are 12 years old. Okay, let me finish my rant, Scott. I was was on a roll, but it's highly likely that uh, New Jersey, not needing centers, might uh, take a defenseman and leave, uh, you know, leave uh, Logan Cooley for the third spot, in which case the Arizona Coyotes, um, you know, that's kind of like it's a positive for them because they dropped, right? Um, I just, I I think that the thing is like it's, drafting is never an exact science. It's never a perfect art. It's never perfect. You never know 100% for sure. But in the moment that you are making that selection, you go with the best overall player. That's just the way it is.
0: And this isn't like you said. This isn't like when Kotkiniemi went third overall, where there was Brady Kachuk and Quinn Hughes, and there were options. And Kotkiniemi, in hindsight, didn't make sense. In hindsight, also maybe Quinn Hughes would have been the better overall fit there for what the Canadians needed. But that's hindsight is twenty twenty. This is like. It's almost as slam dunk as when the Canadians pick Cole Caulfield. When they were 15th overall, and the picks there, you could have Peyton Krebs or Alex Newhook or Cole Caulfield. You are running up to the podium and dunking that ball between your legs into the hoop there. It's Shane Wright, the consensus number one overall pick for what, the last 18 months? like I get it. He is not a flashy player. That's not his game, and we have... We are lining up a very fun prospect guest that I cannot wait to ask him about this in the future because I think it's going to be really important. I look at Shane Wright as something the Montreal Canadiens need right now, and that's a developing, smart, high IQ center behind Nick Suzuki. All due respect to Jake Evans and Christian Dvorak, they are what they are. Shane Wright has the hockey IQ ability to be something the Canadians have not had in a long time. Yes, Nick Suzuki is here but he was not their draft pick. So disqualification and this and that don't overthink this. Do not galaxy brain the first overall pick. If they do, it it shatters a lot of the goodwill and confidence the Canadians have built up in this organization right now by making smart, well thought out moves galaxy braining first overall in a draft where a guy's been there for 18 months is it, it would be frightening a little bit. So I don't know. I don't get the panic over over Shane Wright, and it's like he's not flashy this that. I don't care that his playoffs haven't been overwhelming and this and whatnot. He lost an entire year of play due to COVID. What do you want? You know, Kingston's not a very good team. There's a reason why he's on that team there. So, uh, pick Shane Wright. Don't be stupid. I, I don't have puns for the other players made up yet, so I will not be doing that in the meantime. However. We on Saturday got treated to three games, seven, and we're going to talk about the first two, the Bruins at Carolina. We're going to talk about the LA Kings and Edmonton Oilers, and that's all coming up next. But first, as we said, this show is brought to you by betonline.net, and our partners at BetOnline are the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can get all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for things like the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, the UFC, and boxing. Even the NFL, now that the schedule's been released, and they have all the information you need to make your wagers. I help that. I help my vendors at work make their picks, enough that several of them owe me lunch at this point. And betonline.net has been a big help with that. So please head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so... We're going to get to the important Game 7 last because I have a lot of thoughts about that, and not all of them are mean-spirited. I know that's going to disappoint a lot of you folks. And we're going to talk about the first two Game 7s from Saturday. And Boston lost to Carolina, and the Edmonton Oilers overcame some of their first-round demons, knocking off the LA Kings. And I don't have much to say in the Edmonton series except for, uh, thank God, it probably should not have gone seven games, and if it didn't and they lost, Connor McDavid's likely a on a new team very soon. I'm very curious to see Edmonton against a team that is actually a little more well-structured uh, in terms of how they play, and we are... after This episode will come out after we know who has won the Calgary-Dallas series, and if we get a second-round Battle of Alberta it's going to be a glorious car crash of a train falling off a mountain into a pile of toxic waste barrels. I cannot wait to watch it. And if we don't get it, I'm going to be so upset. Uh, and I guess in the good things is, yay, Brett Kulak, who was actually a very big part of the Oilers' victory there. Uh, he stepped up when Darnell Nurse got suspended, and I think he's been a really smart find for the Oilers, but if you listen to this podcast and listen to my very smart co-host and myself, you would know that Brett Kulak is very good at hockey already.
1: That's the thing is that that was one of the the, the players that we were sad to see go, um, and we hope he comes back. Uh, and um, and that was we talked about this a lot is that a team is going to play is going to pay more for Ben Sherratt, but the team that got Brett Kulak is going to get more value. Um, And I I don't, you know, it's too early to tell after one round how Ben Sherrod is doing, uh, but I certainly feel that Brett Kulak has really made himself known. Uh, He's a player that, you know, it's very sad to see him go. Uh, He apparently also uh, just uh, became a father or his his daughter was born um, at some point during the series. So he's got the dad strength. You know, you know, in the playoffs when the when the dad strength happens, Uh, I apparently have forgotten how to do podcasting. I did so much of it last week that it's just gone all the way. (laughs) Uh, But um, yeah, he's such a nice story to be honest. Like he seems like such a great guy. We've always liked how. he his value is just so good. He's such a good player. He's an underrated player. And I think that that's a word that gets thrown around about too many people and particularly too many defensemen. But he's one of those where I certainly think that, you know, the contribution that he makes to any team is significant. I'm happy for the fact that we might get a battle of Alberta. So I hope that, you know, by the time you're listening to this, the Calgary Flames have not screwed this up. Uh, but at the same time, I also just think that it's such a great story. And I also want to talk about the Kings for a second because the Kings are an example of a team where you wouldn't have expected them to to make the playoffs this early but after their you know their their years of Stanley Cup success they were a pretty bad team and they had a really good prospect depth like they were really good about their drafting they were really smart about their moves now I don't want to sit here and praise LA that's not what I'm here to do but I think that that's something that could give Canadians fans hope is that they did make the playoffs they they also played a really tough team in Edmonton they went to a seven game series and they like I I feel like that's a good sort of it should make Canadians fans feel good because they were very, very particular and careful about building from within. They added key pieces like Philippe Dano, you know, playoff Philippe Dano is, is a force to be reckoned with. But I just, I, I like that they have a, bunch of young guys and a lot of them are just kind of like who is that guy but they've done a really good job of developing the prospects that they had and their prospect depth is still pretty well regarded but I like that's what I would like the Canadians to do is have good like draft really well but also develop that pro that prospect depth in such a way that they will seem promising like they get kicked out of the first round of the playoffs and you're not sad you know you're like this was great this is this is the experience that I wanted these young kids to have
0: And I look at L.A. and they did this without Drew Doughty, like or a good starting goaltender like this. That's a lot to ask against Edmonton, who is a very strong, a very top heavy team. But the top heavy is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, perennial heart and Rocket Richard candidates. That's not easy to play against. And they did well, or as well as you could expect. Philippe Deneau has been a really strong addition for them. And someone that I would like to still be on the Canadians there. And it, it, that's a good tale for what the Canadians like, yeah, you're not going to win every year, but they have built up that depth and they have more pieces coming. And now to kind of shift the focus here to a team who's on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Boston Bruins lost in seven games to the Carolina hurricanes. And that core now is, It's getting older. It's aging out a little bit. Brad Marchand's an older player now. David Posternock's still in his prime. He's not going anywhere, but you've lost David Krejci. You've lost a good chunk of that defense. You still have Charlie McAvoy, but like Tori Krug is no longer there. Tuka Rask is gone, and the rumors are swirling. As much as we joke about Patrice Bergeron joining the Canadians is – he might just be retiring at this point, just from what uh, people like MLA Benjamin, who cover the team there, from his press conferences during the series and just the way that he was saying goodbye to guys as they were leaving the ice there. You wonder if he's done, what does that mean for the Bruins, who are still a good team, but now you're just ripping out a huge chunk of that team there. And it's a lot over the last couple years here. And it stings for the Bruins. I think it was Pete Blackburn who said, I would have rather they have beaten us in four games than ripped our heart out like this. And I know a lot of Toronto people were like, ah, we shouldn't have been afraid of Boston. I don't think this Boston team would have lost to Toronto. I don't think Toronto would have beaten this Boston team. Carolina is a different animal, and they won games with their second and third choice goaltenders. That's how you get by in the playoffs. And Carolina, as much as I do not like Tom Dundon, has built that franchise up real well with prospects and they're a scary out for anybody. You gotta wonder what's what what's the timeline for the Bruins here because their prospect pool isn't super loaded and you might be losing Patrice Bergeron. You don't replace that with the snap of your fingers like that.
1: I think Patrice Bergeron is the heart and soul of the boston bruins and a big chunk of the boston sports community and i think that you know we've talked a lot over the course of the season oh Kent Hughes is his agent in fact there were some quote unquote insiders talking about like Kent Hughes is his agent so there's chatter about him going to Montreal why would Patrice Bergeron sign in Montreal these same insiders said it was a team he grew up watching Patrice Bergeron was a Quebec Nordiques fan for those of you who did not know so no he was not a childhood fan of the Montreal Canadians and no just because Kent Hughes was his agent and he has a lot of respect for him and has a good relationship with Ken Hughes does not mean he's coming to Montreal. I think the choice for him is, do I retire or not? And the or not only includes Boston, very much like Tuukka Rask, right? And if he does retire, it's going to be really sad because he is such a phenomenal player. He is one of the best in the game. I feel like he's one of those players that you can kind of talk about redefining that two-way center role. And Nick Suzuki himself emulates Patrice Bergeron, right? Like, this is, like, the hero of these guys. I believe Shane Wright as well has said something to the effect of that, which is what prompted a lot of the comparisons to him and all of that stuff. Like, I I will be very sad to see him end his career, but I don't see him playing anywhere other than Toronto. Not like, oh, can I win another Stanley Cup? Uh, sorry, Boston. Do uh, you know why I, I thought this? Is because people were talking about how maybe he'll go to Toronto and he'll be the difference there. He'll finally get them past that first round. I am no, no I want to be
0: nice to Toronto today. I'm okay, trying to be nice, be nice to, to w-
1: Toronto. I'm just saying that Patrice Bergeron will probably not play anywhere other than Boston. So it's either do I want to win another Stanley Cup with Boston or do I want to hang them up? I don't think it's do I want to win another Stanley Cup. I'll go anywhere for one year.
0: Yeah, not not the Ray Borg style thing here. And since we've mentioned Toronto, we we would be uh not doing our due diligence if we didn't talk about another first-round exit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we're gonna get into all that coming up in our next segment. But as always, you know on this podcast we love Built Bar and we love the new Built Bar Puffs. They are protein-infused marshmallows. They are an amazing treat. The birthday cake puffs, just got a sample box of them. Even my parents like them, and my parents usually are not the kind to eat chocolate-covered anything because that's not their style, and this is great. My dad can take them on the go when he's coming to and from running errands. I can take them out when I'm going to work, when I need to pick me up in the middle of the day, or when I've gotten done walking the dog because it is 75 degrees, and this one has boundless energy, they are absolutely incredible. They have 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only nine grams of sugar. You got to get the limited flavor. Of birthday cake puffs. Now go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Get the birthday cake puffs. They are the treat you deserve every single day of the week. And that's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So, we watched with bated breath on Saturday night as Toronto and Tampa Bay went to a decisive Game 7 in Toronto at the um, it's, uh, Scotiabank Arena, now not the Air Canada Center.
1: I still Toronto- call it the ACC.
0: It, it is. It's, it's cursed forever. It, it doesn't matter what you call it. It's still cursed. Harold Ballard needs to be, like, exercised from that building. Toronto didn't get it done again. And at the same time, I want to sit here – and I want to make fun of Toronto because this is the year they do it. Look at all the pieces they've got. You know, they Then they went out and got Mark Giordano. They got Andre Kasha. Michael Bunting, who is 37 years old, is going to win the Calder. Jack Campbell was a Vesna candidate for part of the season. Everything's clicking. Best regular season the Leafs have ever had, and they didn't get it done. And I look at this and I go, they got contributions from William Nylander. Austin Matthews was noticeable. John Tavares had a very strong end to the series, even though he was very quiet to start it. Mitch Marner had some crucial moments, even if he wasn't the leading goal scorer that they need for this. And I look at this series and I go, if you were going to blow it up, you should have done it last year after the Montreal fiasco. You came close this year where it was a coin flip of a series where any game could have gone either way whatsoever, and they didn't go in Toronto's favor in four of them. Literal coin flip of a series, the closest we've seen in the first round so far. And I still look at this and go, they have to do something, right? It, it's not that they got out coached for stretches here and there, maybe they didn't get goalied like they did against Carey Price. Their star showed up to play. The depth after they figured out after the first two games that you can't play the goon muscle style. They just couldn't get over the hump there. They're close. And at the same time, they shouldn't do anything. But you have contract extensions, not a lot of cap space. You got to do something at this point. It wasn't disastrous. It wasn't hilarious like last year's game against Montreal. It, it Even like I've asked Leafs fans, it doesn't sting so much more. It Last year hurt a lot. This year, it, there's no shame in losing. But at the same time... This is the closest they've been, and they didn't get it done.
1: They had a historic season, right? Like, this was one of their best seasons in history, if not the best. I don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention to their previous seasons, to be honest. But they did have a great season with a lot of great players. They did seem to have kicked it into another gear. They like they really seemed to be firing on all cylinders. But then they ran into a team that knows how to win Stanley Cups. And I had this conversation with... A Tampa Bay Lightning fan friend and I was like listen let's be honest Tampa did not deserve to win that series like in game six and in game seven Toronto was absolutely dominant and Vasilevsky was giving up fat juicy rebounds right but here's what he pointed out: It's like it's this is three years in a row where they've played more than any other team in the NHL. A lot of those players have that experience. Plus, the coaching staff has that experience. They played just well enough to not lose because after two full runs to the Cup final they have to preserve their energy for another long run. So he was like, they didn't need to play their best. They were just playing well enough to not lose. That was it. And Vasilevsky did shut the door at some points in game seven, but that's not the guy. You know, like this entire series, I was watching that and I was like, the Habs couldn't get one past that guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or more past that guy, to be honest. Like, Vasilevsky is currently the best goaltender in the world. I don't think we can argue about that. But he's not playing to the level that we're used to seeing him play. It's the same thing with all of them. It's just, it's there's something about how smart they are doing it. Because Toronto, any other team, I think Toronto would have beat.
0: I, I look at this and I go... Tampa Bay in Game 7 was right there for the picking. They were up early. They were up 2-0, and uh, Toronto came back. They lost Braden Point. He tried to come back. He took one shift and went, nope. There was a point where Nikita Kucherov was taking like 20-second shifts, and he hasn't looked right all series. He looks like he's like permanently hung over on the ice and just exhausted. He might be injured. Corey Perry, and I'm trying to think of who the other guy in the fourth line was, did not play a lot in that game. Uh, Pat Maroon was the only fourth liner getting regular shifts. They were down to like nine forwards, and Toronto wasn't able to take advantage of that. And we can talk about the interference call. What Justin Hall did is interference. Whether it's been called all the time or not is up for debate, but it is interference. He set a moving pick on a guy. You can't do that, and you can't make it so obvious either – And I get that it hurts and it stings, and you're going to look at this, and it's – don't blame the refs for this series. Is that sometimes it's just a bounce or two. Toronto had their chances to close it out. They fired a shot through the crease in game six in overtime before that goal went in. It's not always something else out there, and I – I actually don't have that many mean things to say about Toronto. They're in just this very weird position where they are so good in that they should make the playoffs with their eyes closed every season. But they are running the risk now of becoming no frills San Jose from like 2006 to the year they went to the Stanley Cup final. Always good enough to make the playoffs but never good enough to get over their hump, which was making the Stanley Cup final, and they finally did, and they lost in that. And sorry, Kyle and JD, we do love you guys. It's not to rip open a wound. Toronto right now is good enough to cruise through the regular season, and they just can't get past that first-round hump. I don't know if it's just a mental thing or what, but they're a team in a tough spot now. You have big contracts on the books. You have extensions kicking in. You have to re-sign your starting goalie, and you have to ask yourself the question, Is Sheldon Keefe the guy to get us over the hump here? Because defensively this season, they were better. Their goaltending outside of, you know, where everyone was injured was better. The offense, Austin Matthews, is a Hart candidate, potentially a Hart trophy winning forward. John Tavares is your second line center. At what point do you change something to make something happen? I don't think Kyle Dubas is on the hot seat, at least not yet. I think Sheldon Keefe might be. I wouldn't be shocked if they run it back. I... I almost feel bad, and then I don't because some of their fans have been absolutely horrific to both of us, and I don't. They're so close, and yet at the same time, it feels like they are just miles, miles away from actually hitting that goal just because of what's going on up here.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely think so. Uh, A friend of mine, not a Toronto fan, not not a Habs fan either, we were talking and, and he was like, whatever happens today, he's actually a Pittsburgh fan. Whatever happens today, Toronto lost yesterday. And I sent him the response and like, how many times does it have to happen before we start feeling sorry for them? And he said, it's not going to happen. I do think though, and I don't, I don't feel sorry because I am a Montreal Canadiens fan. Toronto is our biggest rival and their fans have bullied and harassed both of us for months because it was three, one. like literally we would tweet what happened in the game. And then we would get bullied and harassed. And some of it was misogynistic and some of it was racist. And some people, uh, you know, made fun of, made fun of mental health in, in, in really just not appropriate manners. Uh, And so like, I don't feel bad for them. I don't feel bad for any of those people. But when you look at, like, if you look at it in a vacuum, it's a sad story, right? No matter what they do. And up until this season, I would honestly have said that, like, you know, in a lot of their their playoff series, they would have deserved to win, right? Like, I think that's fair. In this one, I thought they particularly deserved to win, right? Like, there's no argument. There's no Washington, Boston, whatever you want to talk about, that, like, that that debate you want to have. This series, I thought... This is the one where they're playing in such a way where I feel like I'm convinced that they deserve to win and that they could win and that they will. And I had said Leafs in 7. I said, you know, they would break the curse this time. I just I, I like I like, you know, like you, you make a lot of like people like to say that they deserve to win last year against the Habs. Well, then why did they allow the Habs to get into their heads? That's not what happened this time. They were dominant. Like I was watching them like just absolutely dominate Tampa just absolutely and then they just couldn't get a goal in. It was just I, I don't know. anyway, I can't I, like I'm, I don't feel sorry for Toronto fans, but it is in a vacuum if you look at it objectively, it's a sad story.
0: Yes, uh, I feel bad for some people, but this is tremendous content for us as outside watchers. Uh, that is the nicest I will be for to Toronto for the next year. Maybe I will uh, you know try and be more sympathetic in the future. Uh, all I know is it was 3 1. The Montreal Canadiens are drafting first overall. And yeah, uh, we will have, uh, we do have special guests coming up this week. We're going to be talking QMJHL prospects. That means Joshua Waugh, Riley Kidney, William Trudeau, Xavier Simoneau, and some of the other draft eligibles. We're setting a time date to figure that all out for sure, but we will have that this week and we cannot wait. Until then, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. We are closing in on, I want to say, 600 subscribers the last time I checked.
1: No, we're past 700.
0: I missed a lot in the week that I was off. So, one, (laughs) thank you so much. Thanks,
1: everyone. (laughs) We're going
0: to push for 1,000, baby. We're going to push for 1,000. Let's try and get to 1,000 by the NHL draft, shall we? Uh, You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow me at Scott Mallow. You can follow the show at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, where we will have all of our episodes, retweets, and fun stuff there. When you're done checking us out, please check out Lockdown NHL where you get all the latest from our local experts. Can't miss it. Great show. We will see you all next time.